Welcome to the Happy Customer Channel. This week's guest is Amit Jagwani to speak about financing in film and TV production. This week's host is Giacomo Puccini, recorded at the Buena Vista Studios in Miami. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor, print, swag, and more. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com to learn more. Welcome again back to the Happy Customer Channel. Today, we have Amit Jagwani, and he's going to be giving us a little bit of the background, the behind the scenes of finance and entertainment. So super cool. Tell us a little bit about what that exactly means, entertainment finance. Um, sure, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, entertainment finance is, well, what I do specifically is, if you're watching a film, the amount of people it takes to make a film or a commercial, TV show, et cetera, you're looking at about, I mean, you're looking at hundreds of people. Some of these people working for literally hours, some people working for days, weeks, et cetera. And um, there's a lot of coordination to make that happen. So we work on, I work with the company um, globally, actually. We're doing just that, making sure that all the behind the scenes stuff for getting people paid on time, for making sure that unions are paid their appropriate dues, for making sure people are working in accordance with the law and that the production company, whomever that may be, a studio, a, TV, a, production, a small production company, et cetera, is satisfied and happy and is not worried about the minutia and they can focus on making the stuff that we watch. Do you have, I guess, because would that mean you have control over what movies are being made? No, well, <laughs> um, I have I have control in making sure that I can advise clients appropriately to make things in certain places. So I'll put it this way. If nothing gets done nowadays without... Um, an incentive consideration. Okay. So every state has a tax incentive. Every state's wrong word. Many states have a tax incentive. Florida doesn't. That's why I just laughed. Um, many states have a tax incentive, and that drives business to the state. And right. Florida, where we're in, we had one in the past. Um, Miami-Dade has one, but um, Florida as a whole doesn't. So okay. we don't see a lot of film down here anymore. And uh, it's been something that I, I would hope to change at some point in the future. How, how would you go about that? talking to the film commissioners, um, uh, eventually it's got to go through government overall. And there is a, there are different views on whether or not incentives to any industry, uh, construction, et cetera, et cetera, um, drives business or just costs taxpayers money. Mm -hmm. So there's this huge thing. So there's one thought process that if you were to give 25%, 30% back to film in Florida, you'd get a significant amount of business. They would then spend at local you know, restaurants, uh, hire a local crew, hire your people, and, um, and that, would drive, that would drive tax revenue independent of the 25% you're gonna give back, but not everybody believes that. So, so it's essentially turning the funnel on and making sure it gets appropriately allocated yep. without spending too much on things that are not necessary. Correct, so they correct. Can, do a bigger film or make it more engaging. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but it's also tourism, right? We have all these things down here. If you look at, I mean, look at look at Bad Boys. We're still talking about that movie that was shot God knows how many years ago. That was awesome. And the new one was shot, what, 30% was here? And there's four, part four coming out, again, only 30%. Wow. The rest of it's in Atlanta. And, and it's all because of the incentives. Correct. Mm -hmm. Atlanta's giving you back a lot more. Atlanta has a lot of facilities, stages, et cetera. We didn't build anything. Florida had this general mindset of, and again, this is my perception, not necessarily fact. Florida has a general <laughs> mindset of, um, 
we're Florida. We don't need to do actually they'll come here because right. they want to come here, which is cute and all, but uh, money tends to drive a lot of people instead. And, and it works, I guess, on the tourist side if they want to go to the beach, but when it's business, they have to look at other considerations as Correct. well. But let's say somebody builds it. So they say, okay, we're going to invest a ton of infrastructure. We're going to put a lot of money on in, in the business to inc- or, or incentives to encourage mm-hmm. people to film there. Mm-hmm. Is that if you build it, they will come? Does that work? That's always the hope, right? And okay, so two things happen, right? You can create an incentive. Florida's lucky, um, meaning if you did it in random state X, and I'm not going to call any states out, but if you, there are states have created uh, incentives, right, to entice people to come in, which is yeah. a great first step. The next step is, is your equipment? Are there talented people in the state to actually do the work at the end of the day? Um, and how do you get there? So it is if you build it, they'll come because more people will get trained to do those jobs. Mm. Florida does have a lot of talented people. Right now they work in Atlanta a lot of times and they come back down, or Georgia, sorry, and then they come back down. Um, so people want to live here because of the tax base for us as residents. But um, the talent itself isn't staying here. They're going wherever they need to go, but they'll maintain a residence here. But if you gave people opportunity to work down here, and we have – we have enough great locations and creative talent that we can make things happen. It mm-hmm. just hasn't really com- come to pass. And if you look at it this way, look at um, when you mentioned tourism, look at, uh, look at L.A., look at New York, look at Orlando. Right. Meaning people go to these places to go, hey, that was shot here or that restaurant was in this mm-hmm. show or whatever. And those are pretty cool things that we can do as well. Versus, um, you know, what it currently is, where you go to South Beach and you hope to run into somebody. Yeah, or, or they have a couple landmarks, but very few. That's true. It's a little bit different. Um, so on there, it, it seems like your overall customer, might mm-hmm. we say, is a, very, is a bit more diverse because you're not necessarily looking for the end viewer of mm-hmm. the commercial, Correct. right? Not that you're ignoring them, mm-hmm. but that's not so much impacting your everyday decision. So who would you say would be your customers in this business? So... It's an interesting way to put that, and you and I spoke about this a few minutes ago. So there are many tiers of customers, right? So there is your, my primary customer is the production company or the studio or whomever is producing the content, right? So throwing out examples. If Universal is producing Fast and Furious 20 or whatever number they're on right now, um, that would be my customer. 50 by now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That would be my customer. However, um, Universal, Universal creates a production company. So Fast and Furious 20 LLC, and they'll produce a show, and that'll be in Georgia as well and they'll produce the film, et cetera. So that's my client. That's my customer. The people they hire eventually will get paid by the company I work for, and the value prop there is. So that's not technically my customer. However, satisfaction across the board breeds more business, right? If the crew is unhappy for whatever reason, it's going to get escalated, then the studio is going to call me upset, and it's a whole thing. So even though Mm -hmm. technically, you know, the the end user, if you will, is not my client, Mm -hmm their satisfaction is paramount to my success. That's super interesting. Like, and you know, I think so many businesses forget how critical that is, that it's not just your immediate customer that you got to look at, but how it fits in the overall puzzle and what the, maybe your end customer, what they're really looking at. So if you're selling uh, pastries, might we Mm -hmm. say, it's not just, did they buy the pastry, but will they like it? Are they going to recommend it? So looking the need behind the need, might we say, is critical to the overall success of, of your business to keep growing and keep getting people coming back. So that that's super yeah. cool, and I'm glad you shared that. I mean, because we forget, a lot of times we look at, you know, whoever, look at groceries, right? If you're selling cereal to Publix or any supermarket, you sell mm-hmm. cereal to a supermarket, supermarkets are to the, to the, to the me uh, who eats cereal for dinner quite often, <laughs> um, right? In the end of the day, uh, even though I went to supermarket, 
the end client is is I'm even though the brand didn't sell it to me directly, yeah. right? That's who I'm going to be upset with if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. right? That's Not true. the intermediary, right? So it will come back up to the clients. So you have to look at whoever your end user is, right? While still making sure that the people in the middle, any supermarket, is getting enough money slash support to sell your product. That makes sense. And you were, you were mentioning one of the components that they look at quite a lot is is having the right people there in order to make their shows or their commercials work out. Have you found, I know there's been a big change on finding people. It's not as easy as it used to be. How has that impacted things? That's the hardest part. So when you mentioned, when I mentioned Florida earlier, one of the things is, and, and I'll put it this way, I would venture to guess that the great, whomever's listening or watching, whatever, I would say that the great majority have zero idea that what I do even exists as a particular job, That's true. right? And when you look at production on set, if you, it's funny, if you go on any film set or commercial set, you will generally see a lot of uh, juniors, a lot of, you know, oh, there's a lot of family going all the way down. Mm. So the way that people have learned about the business or gotten trained in the business is literally to just be a part of it because your family was in it. So my dad was a grip, so now I am a grip learning and I'm going to move up the ladder and so on and so forth. So that's literally what a lot of people are doing right now. So it becomes very much like an artisan trade, right? So even when I was an accountant for, for a period of time um, on TV, the accountant had hired me. And even though I had an MBA and I have a degree, it didn't matter. I started as a clerk. I uh, got paid nothing. Um, progressed up, progressed up, and whatever, however he showed me how to do the job is how I did the job. There was no going to school and learning how to be a production accountant. Mm. If we can change that, and people realize that this job exists, this occupation exists, and to be a production accountant is not a traditional accountant, i.e., you don't need a CPA, you don't need these kind of things, you need the desire to learn, Mm -hmm. and obviously be good with numbers, but that's an example of how all these things exist, but we don't People are just kind of unsure or unaware of what's out there. Yeah. Well, and I guess when lots of times when you look at how movies do, they have these different, I don't know what you call them, ads or shows or advertisements where it says, hey, such and such movie made 200 million at the box office mm-hmm. and this and that. So I'd say a lot of times people just think that these producers, whatever, just got bags of money sitting in their vault, which is not necessarily the case because money keeps yeah. moving, right? So at that point, um, you're actually transferring that and making it move in the right way, right? You're not just holding it in one place and then moving it to... You're, record. yeah. So, all right, it's funny you mentioned that one. So I was, just, I was actually listening to a podcast this morning and um, actually over the weekend um, and um, Avatar is part two is out. Yeah. Avatar currently is pulled in, I believe about 2 billion, which sounds amazing. However, had Avatar not hit 2 billion, it would have lost money. Wow. So just think about that. It would have lost insane. money at $2 billion, right? So he knew that he, had, he, being Jim Cameron, knew that he had to hit a number that was ridiculous in order for the film to be profitable because the number of years that have gone into doing this, it's the technology they used to create it, the people they hired, they were literally in New Zealand for months at a time, and you're wow. paying for everybody that's down there, obviously. Then you've got to market the film. Then you've got to do the CGI and everything after the fact. So all these costs are going into play. So even though, I mean, the studio didn't spend you know, a, a significant, like a $2 billion at one shot, but it's been many, many years of just aggregated costs. Even part one costs so much money, yeah. right? That in order to do part two, and there's two more after this, I believe, um, mm-hmm. it was just that. It is, how do you make it, how do you how do you get an ROI? So you'll see, and then on the converse, um, Black Adam that came out uh, late last year, which was the Rocks film, I think Black Adam pulled in about, I think it was like 300 and change, maybe half, maybe half a, a, a billion, 
and lost money. I think, uh, I want to say Warner Brothers was negative about 150 mil. And, and that's totally escalated, I guess, because if you look at even 10, 20 years ago, to make a movie, it was in the millions. Now, if you're in the millions, you, you it's hard. <laughs> a feature film or something. It's hard. I mean, I work on a few projects that are within that budget range, but it's really difficult to, you just have to be a lot more scrappy, right? Which is, again, why the tax incentive is significant, because you can get some money back if you spend a certain amount. Mm -hmm. um, but... You're not, and even if you're universal and you're making Fast and the Furious and you're going to spend whatever, let's just say half a billion dollars on the production, you're not giving the production half a million dollars at Godspeed. You are cash flowing it out saying, I'm going to give you X dollars, yeah. right? Uh, I'm going to track your costs. I want to make sure. Budget, correct. Literally that. And so that's why production accounting, working on set, you are accounting against a budget. It's all that. It's all cost-based financing. You're going through cost accounting, looking at where where the cost went against the line item, you're not doing traditional corporate accounting, mm -hmm. right? It's very, very cash in, cash out. And if I've cash it's over, yay. And I guess, because lots of times when with different investment type of structures, mm -hmm. you have very clear accountability. You have to meet certain milestones. So are there these type of checkpoints that you have to check in with and that you're held accountable to? Yes. So luckily that doesn't fall on me. Um, but the production <laughs> accountant working on any project, that's his or her job to... Well, there's a combination of people. There's a production account, there's a line producer as well. So, and then there is executive producers and so on and so forth. So just general for, um, for generic conversation, production accountants in charge of managing the budget, meaning literally cutting the checks, spending the money and so on. Line producer is on the finance side of production. So he or she is going to look at things and say, um, if you're making a film and uh, we're shooting outside, and we're here in Miami shooting outside. It's going to cost X. And it's within the budget. You know you're doing. Get people involved. It starts monsooning because it's Miami. And that production got pushed. Now it's going to cost me X dollars. Got to pay overtime to these people now. Uh, now it's wet outside. Do we still want to do the shot here? Do we want to go inside? What's the cost difference? Mm -hmm. And then he or she's literally going to work with the director, et cetera, to say, can we move this scene from here to here to save some money? Can we just move this scene to another day and do something else right now that's not going to take too much time? In essence, how do we use the money we have to get the best value for the time yeah. we have? Because everybody's locked into, there's overages that happen frequently, but everybody's locked into a time frame. You only have your talent for X number of weeks, months, days, et cetera. And beyond that, they may have literally another project directly after, or they may have to go and market a former project. Okay. So if you don't utilize your time wisely, it's going to cost you. And if you have to drag them on, it's going to cost you significantly more money. So all this stuff affects your budget. So sense. to your point, it, yes, you have to manage that money. And every week, on average, there will be meetings with the, with the studio to say, where are we at? Where okay. are we coming in? What went down? What's going on? Et cetera. Uh, in the news, they have uh, Coppola, who's doing a self-funded movie. And if he gets upset, or if anyone, I guess, in the scope of a financer mm -hmm. or, or an investor, and they get upset, how do you kind of handle it when they call you up? So it's I'm lucky, I guess, in that sense, because um, how do I say this? It's if the financier, again, whoever's, whoever's producing the project, right, is my, is my eventual client, right? Luckily right. speaking, if he or she has funded the movie or the, there's funding for the movie, then we're all in a great situation, meaning um, work's going to happen. They're going to pay me. I'll pay the crew. We'll keep going back and forth. So everybody's happy. There are situations in self-funding situations or otherwise where you overextend yourself. You go out of budget. Now, the problem there is the crew always has to get paid because people working, they got to get paid for us, right? If you don't pay your crew... The unions are upset. Obviously, the crew is upset, et cetera, et cetera. Upset crews aren't going to work for you. And 
Talent is always hard to find, so they can literally walk off, and now you're really in a bad position. So you have to and always want to pay your crew first. You will cut costs, however, anywhere else. As I mentioned earlier in the example, if there's a rain or whatever else and delays production, they will get very, very, very creative and see what they can do on a shoestring budget to say, all right, can we do stuff here and everything like that. Now, if it's a really small production, you know, like a student film or whatever, you and that's self-finance, you will have a lot of um, guerrilla filmmaking. So you won't get permits to kind of run around and film wherever you can and hope you don't get caught, et cetera, right? Because students will, when you're young, you do what you got to do to kind of make things happen. That's true. When you're, when you're known, so when you mention Copler or mention something like that, who is a known entity, mm-hmm. it is incumbent on them to make sure that their crew is taken care of first. So even if they're upset, um, for me, the goal is just to ensure that the people that could affect their production pro or con, crew that is, uh, and talent are, are, are taken care of. And so you work with production and say, look, this is where we're at. You know, we need to budget this much as you're going to come up. And the, and the accountant sh- will do this job to say, look, next week is going to be an expensive week or whatever, mm-hmm. and they will find the money. So make All everything right. work out as a whole. That's yeah. cool. So for us, it's just to make sure that we can be there to support, saying, okay, well, can we do two different things of X dollars? Can I spread the money along? Can I help them out in that situation? That's kind of where I want to satisfy the end person, as mentioned earlier, as well as the production to make sure that they've taken care of as well. There's, I don't want to say it's necessarily a fact, but there's a stigma with government that if you don't spend the money that was allocated to your budget, then you get in trouble the next year. In in movies, is it kind of the same way? They got to make sure they spend it all? Uh, let's look at this way. If you are, okay, so if you're doing a movie and the movie, again, let's use $500 million, um, which is crazy, that's like a standard number. If you're doing it for that dollar, or crazy, $100 million, whatever it is, and you come in under budget, yay, that's actually a good situation. Okay, it is good. Right, for the, for the, because you made the project and you saved some money, caveat. If you don't spend enough money in that particular state, you won't get back the incentive you planned on. So now, even though I've saved some money, it may have cost me some money in the back end, right? So you got to be careful about how you spend it. So you have to manage that properly. And the Uh, budgets are created to account for that. Correct. The budget you're building in, so you're picking your state going, if I go to Georgia, it's going to cost me X. If I go to New York, it'll cost me Y and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. And then you go, okay, how can I make this happen? And you figure that out. If you're looking at a brand or commercial business now, so now if I'm doing commercial and I am, you know, uh, whomever, uh, McDonald's, and I'm shooting a spot, on the converse side, if I am, conversely, if I am spending that money, if I'm the marketing department, Mm -hmm. and if I don't spend my money this year, I'm not going to get that budget out could be next year. So you kind of are pseudo-incentivized to spend everything you have. And maybe you create cool development stuff and whatever else. You don't have to literally burn it on a production. You can create something. But... With any budget, if you don't if you don't spend what's in the budget, then do you really need it next year? And then right. you got to fight that, including any company, any scenario. So right. that's where there's a little deviation. That makes sense. And, and these are big numbers. I mean, five hundred million or five hundred, yeah, five hundred million, half a billion dollars on a, a production of mm-hmm. of any type or a bigger type, yeah. I guess. Not, uh, yeah, that, not, those not, are those are, a, no no those are those big are numbers. Full, full movies. Yeah. So if there's a political individual who's watching this, let's say in the <laughs> state of Florida, and he's like, hey, I want to get more revenue coming into the business, and I know movies is a good way to go about it, what would you encourage them to do in order to incentivize movies to film here? I mean, so right, we've had, it's funny, I, so I just got back from, I was at the Sundance Film Festival, I just got back in last night, and um, was actually ran into the representatives from Florida who were there as well, and we just joked because they're there, and I was... I was smiling because I was like, what are we doing here? Um, because we don't have an incentive and like, we're working on it. And I was like, all right. So they were there in presence, I mean, in, in person, but um, I, don't know what the, I don't know what's next on their docket. And I will say every time there is um, an election or something to that effect, 
you know, and it's not even party driven, right? It's not like Democrat or Republican drives us one with the other. It comes right. down to commerce and mm-hmm. building business, right? And um, so it's just a matter of working with the legislation to see who, where the actual money is going to come from and who wants to allocate it. And with everything else, somebody's got to give. And um, so it's, 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 if you had a major studio wanted to do stuff down here, that would obviously grease the wheels. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's, it's votes. And so, yeah, you know, nobody... True. And also, I think people are just ignorant to the fact that it's there. So the people fighting for it are a very small subsection of the population. The great majority of the population of Florida could give a crap mm-hmm. because, one, they don't know. But if I were to, if we were to, you know, um, educate or promote the dynamic and saying, look, this is jobs, this is uh, creativity, this is using your backyard, this is showcasing who we are, this is yeah. tourism, so all these things, maybe you would get, you know, some support from people and that would obviously drive politics. But Right now, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> That's true. And, and it's quite a lot. It's a huge budget for mm-hmm. sure. And, and it's interesting how you mention it. So it's both out of sight, out of mind, first of all, on the political scale on how much this can help the overall economy get more revenue, mm-hmm. and then also on people who are interested to get more involved in the industry. So like if people were interested in reaching out to you or hearing more of your thoughts, how could they hear from you? Um, yeah. So I have, I have a podcast I do with a friend of mine called The AIB Show, um, and that's everywhere. So you can download it wherever you'd like. Um, so I'm generally accessible there as well. But I mean, beyond that, like that is probably the best way to, uh, to, to have direct access, if you will, obviously IG and things like that are out there as well. So always happy to share. Um, or else how how else could they dig into it and find out more information, whether it be a politician trying to see how can I get more, uh, entertainment Mm -hmm. finance coming into my area? Or if it's an individual that's like, man, I love what meat's saying. I want to be more involved. How do I do it? Wow, I wish I knew an answer to that question. Um, that's, that's a new startup, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, because <laughs> it's it's educating people generally, whether it's Florida or otherwise, on the value add of production is huge, and it's been an ongoing conversation that we haven't really solved. Meaning, as a collective in the, in the country, we literally have chats. Everybody's trying to educate more people, so you get more people in the pipeline. We mentioned earlier finding talent, mm-hmm. right? Finding a talented accountant or a talented whomever. It's not easy to do. So to get that, we need to, because there's not that many people there unless somebody taught them or unless you knew the job existed. Like I didn't know it existed until I got to LA. Hmm. And if you're not in that industry, and I would just say generally speaking, if you are living wherever that doesn't have production around you, you wouldn't know that these jobs exist. So, so would you suggest go to LA? I mean, that's, that's, always, that's a dream scenario, but I would say that only, it only works if you, if you um, have the network. Yeah, if you have it, well, and if you know what you want to do when you get oh, there, yeah, hey, I want to sure. go into production finance. I want to go and be a camera op. I want to go and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? If you know what you want to do, then that's great. Like I did that. I went to be an actor and didn't pan out. And now I'm on the finance side of things. But, you know, you went, I knew I wanted to do that. Which is a good transition. <laughs> I mean, it worked out. Financially, I'm okay. But for a while there, I was struggling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think right now it's just, it's, it's, it's reaching out to, um, if you know what division you want to be, and there are a lot of unions who have a lot of help. I mean, and they're regularly, like literally if you Google it, there's a whole bunch of unions out there okay. um, who focus on everything down the path from uh, the accounting side of things to uh, camera op to, uh, you know, grip and electric to all the various unions that make a production happen. Um, and if you're lucky enough to live in an area that, that supports that, right? Like for us, the, one of the great places to learn, and you're going to not get paid at a significant amount, but, you know, you got to pay your dues, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, like Orlando, we do, there's a lot of work in Orlando. There's stages in Orlando. There's a lot of stuff there in Florida. 
down here in Miami or south in in uh, South Florida, you have a lot of commercial work. You will have um, a lot of photography work, et cetera. Mm, okay. um, other than that, literally, you kind of just have to know what you want to do and do it. Meaning, if you want to be a writer, you guys just write and throw it out there. If you want to do like I'm, you know, I I have a production company with some friends, and you know, we're pitching shows and trying to get out there as well. So, cool. uh, do I know exactly what that means? No, but you know, kind of. Moving. Put yourself out there and you figure it out. Yeah, kind of thing, pu- right? pushing it forward. And, and I think, I know historically it's always been mm-hmm. like, you really want to make it in the movies, you got to go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Has the transition with technology made it a smaller world to, to the point where you can do it anywhere? It has. Um, anywhere, not necessarily anywhere, but like, for example, there is so much work in Georgia, right? We mentioned Georgia across the board because there is so much work in Georgia. So if you're an mm-hmm. actor... You may not have to go to L.A., right? You hmm. could stay right in Georgia or just go to Georgia. Uh, same with New York. Same with um, Chicago. Like, look at this way. If you're looking at, if I do, for Georgia itself, all your Marvel films, primarily Georgia, your Fast and Furious franchise, Georgia. We mentioned, um, we mentioned um, Fast, uh, not Fast, uh, Bad Boys 4, Georgia. Bad Boys 3 was Georgia. Um, so much stuff is done out there, right? Then you take it a step further, you go to Chicago. If you watch NBC, there's 3 million Chicago shows, right, which are all shot on location in Chicago from Fire to Hope and whatever else. Um, New York obviously is a plethora. So there are states, there are places outside of L.A. Back in the day, you had to go to L.A. New Mexico, um, Netflix just built a soundstage there. Uh, there's a bunch of people building stuff out there as well um, because their tax incentive is really great. Uh, ba- um, Breaking Bad obviously put them on the map. But there is a significant amount of talent that's gone out there, and it's really close to L.A., so people were— quick to move over. So the industry is really just growing right in a lot of different areas that mm-hmm. people may have not originally Correct. anticipated. And we don't realize the stuff we're watching is not shot where we think it is, across the board, That's true. right? Like if you, uh, half of Canada is huge. Toronto, so much production in Toronto. Interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Suits, which is technically based yeah. in New York, shot in Toronto. Um, there was a whole bunch of shows you see in the USA that are supposed to be New York or DC and it's Toronto. Mm. Um, in Vancouver, because of incentives, because of people, because of quality uh, people we work with and so on. Uh, case in point, I don't know if you guys are watching the new show. This came out on HBO. Um, oh, my God. I'm forgetting the name right now. The Last of Us. Okay. It, right with Pablo Prescott. Just literally, I think we're in episode two or whatever right now. That's all Calgary. And it's supposed to be dystopian Texas and, you know, and Boston, et cetera. It's all Calgary. Does it make it more complicated when you're moving? Because you're essentially moving funds to a different country, which has a different currency and everything. Does that... Make things it adds. totally different. It, it adds. Um, well, n- luckily for us in the U.S., that's a benefit. Because, well, right now, if you're going to Canada, you've got tax incentive benefits, okay. right? So not tax incentive. you got tax incentive benefits. you also got FX benefits, right? Mm. The foreign exchange rate works in our favor. So you immediately have a discount. And you're, so you're not looking exclusively for investors in Canada. You're, you're Correct. still getting them from yeah, the U.S. Yeah, you don't need, exactly. You don't need local investors to support the cause. Okay. Um, you just need the financing. But your money will go further in certain places, which is why people travel. There's a lot of shows, a lot of movies and shows shot in Eastern Europe. If half, I think all the Expendables uh, were like Bulgaria and other countries like wow. that. Like the very, very little, if anything, was done here in the U.S. And I think the U.S. stuff was Louisiana because they have an incentive as well. Um, but you're literally writing scripts around places that you could double for other places. That makes sense, and, and it works out. I guess this is probably not so related, but mm-hmm. just a curiosity of mine. Does like uh, Georgia? You're saying there's a ton of movies done there, so there's a ton of celebrities, obviously, that need to go there. Mm-hmm. Do they end up move, going there and saying, "Hey, this is awesome. I want to move here or buy a, a second home"? Um, yes and no. So it's funny again because back to tax incentives. Many times, if you to qualify. 
for incentives, um, meaning if you're paying talent X a fair amount of money, normally you're paying, obviously, your actors a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so if they are residents of that state, you can get an incentive against that because you hired a local. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does happen where people will take up residence and whatever. And also, if you're going to be there for a long time. So if you're a major, you know, a major actor or, you know, a, 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 a main character on one of these Chicago shows. Right, so you're gonna be on it forever. Yeah, and when you're shooting one of these shows, you're shooting for you know six months and change, whatever. So you I might as well just take up shop. That makes right? sense. Right, the and you know the production benefits. Um, right, you would benefit depending on where your actual state or residence is. So it happens, um, but it's generally got to be a long term situation, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other way to do it too, but people also register businesses. So if you're an actor, you register a business in that particular state, right? You file tax in the state. So there's a benefit for the state as well mm -hmm. to bring these people coming back all the time. So there's a lot of ancillary revenue dynamics. There's cost, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of, and if it's mismanaged, by the way, which does happen also, as you can imagine, uh, yeah, you just have to be aware of these things. You just track them, I should say. Very cool. Well, awesome. Amit, thank you so much for being us, for being with us today on the Happy Customer Channel. Sure. So much great information on in entertainment finance, how all these different components really impact the industry and there's really not a lot of visibility. So we appreciate the insight and we hope you guys enjoyed watching us today. Definitely like and subscribe and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we'll chat again, I'm sure. <laughs>